Thank you for choosing to listen to episode number 18 of Kansas City Food Memories, where we take you on a stroll down memory lane and talk about some of our favorite restaurants from the 1980s and 90s. Now remember, this is a podcast presentation of a live radio show, so do not call in or text in when prompted during the podcast. Also, if you want to catch us live, you can catch us on KMBZ 98.1 FM, which is on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can find us online through the Odyssey Lap and listen to it live or just catch the podcast like you are here. Today's episode, we're talking to the family from Antoine's on the Boulevard, which originally opened in 1940 as Tony's Tavern. So sit back and enjoy, and we'll catch you next week. Well, good morning, and welcome to Kansas City Food Memories, where we take you on a stroll down memory lane and share stories and memories of our favorite restaurants from the 1980s and 90s. And a few times, um, people will drag us all the way back to the 40s and 50s. I think that's what I think uh, Jim Eddy took us back to the 40s and 50s. Yes, that was interesting. That was amazingly interesting. I never thought I'd want to have more information. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working on that. So I remember he brought up um, Film Row that none of us had ever heard of, you know, that right. exists here in Kansas. So I've got a lead on that. Really? Yes. Cool. Yeah, so I, I got somebody I'm going to try to bring into the show. So uh, my name is Robert Dunsing. Uh, my wife and I, we own Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. And thanks to my wife, she helps finance this show and makes everything here possible. So thank you, Sherry. She was on the show with us a couple weeks ago. Yeah. She actually enjoyed it and said she might come back. Well, actually, well, I had a gentleman tell me the other day that she should be on at least every other week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, it was really good. She was, I thought she was going to be scared because she never wanted to do it, but she mm-hmm. actually had a good time. Mm-hmm. She, she was goes, very interesting. Yeah, she said, this is a lot more fun than working. I like Sherry. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just in case she's listening, we love we, we love her a lot. Hopefully she's not. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, best regards, Bakery and Cafe. We are at 119th in Glenwood in Overland Park, Kansas, two stoplights east of Metcalf. And if you want more information about the bakery, go to makethemsmile.com. That's the website. And if you want information on the radio show, sign up for the newsletter for the bakery. You'll get more information there. And, and how do you sign up for it? Well, just uh, on the top left-hand corner, it'll say email newsletter and just sign up right there. You'll get all the information that you need. And so uh, the other thing that was helpful from last week is um, telling people to uh, get a pencil and paper and write down this phone number, 913-586-7798. You're a little fast. What? what? That, my show goes a little quicker than yours. Mm-hmm. So you, ha- you have four year, four hours to cover everything. Four years? Have, yeah. <laughs> it's four. a long show. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. yeah. <laughs> How long have you been on the air, Toby? 60 years. 60 years. That's absolutely. Are you the longest running show in Kansas City? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Well, at least the worst show in Kansas yeah. City. <laughs> well, you keep, I am honored to have you here with me, Toby. I really, really am. I, right. I appreciate it. Okay. But that's the legendary. Well, I won't charge you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. So the phone number for the station, that's to call in or text in, is 913-586-7798. You're welcome to send texts in at any time during the show. I'll look at that when I can, and if you have an answer to a question or too shy to answer it publicly, you can do that. But it's, um, you know, let's just get straight to the guests. Yeah, well, yeah, I let's think just, you Let's just jump straight to that. I, have, I am blessed to have two people here that can share stories. One of the restaurants that, that one of the first ones to come up was Tony's Tavern, which I think, believe, did it officially change its name to Antoine's on the Boulevard? Or was that just the fun name that he had? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and turn your microphone on. No, well, it wasn't, it wasn't. My grandfather started the restaurant in 1940, 
and it was Tony's Tavern. That was his name. And then um, early 80s, my mom um, wanted it to be fancier. And so she said, no, it needs to be Antoine's on the boulevard. And my dad just kind of rolled his eyes and laughed. And so (laughs) it was known as Tony's um, Tavern by Day and Antoine's by Night. So what sign did you have on the outside of the building? I think they had both. Did they? I think so. I had no idea that you went back that far. Oh, yeah. Dad, my grandfather um, came over from Palermo, Sicily, and after some um, entertaining and colorful uh, experiences, he opened the restaurant there on the boulevard in 1940. Okay. What were you? What kind of food were you primarily known for? Oh, of course. It is the shrimp. Um, Dad was a character, and he always had to be entertaining. Basically, during the daytime, it was... Um, basically hamburgers, and he did steaks. He was great at cooking steaks. And uh, my grandmother's influence with the lasagna and the veal, um, and that was more at night. But during the day, it was mainly salads and hamburgers and, and you know, kind of diner food because it was mainly the railroad, railroad people that came in. Sure. Yeah, and then the bar, of course. So uh, where about um, was it located? What's there now to give um, us an idea? Uh, rhythm and Booze. It's right at the corner of Southwest Boulevard and, yeah, 423 Southwest Boulevard. Okay. Um, and I want to say Washington and okay. Southwest Boulevard. Okay. Yeah. How, yeah. how big of a place was it? It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't huge, was it? It was very small. Um, it only probably sat about maybe 50, 55 people. Okay. Um, and that's including the bar because yeah. it was one room with bar, kitchen, and seating. And that in the beginning, there was a pool table, so it was less than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> was it a pretty small kitchen? Oh, uh, probably. Oh, it was small. Feet, eight feet by four feet. Okay, Damn that's me. that's pretty small. <laughs> it was just, just enough for no. one person. Or he had three people in the kitchen. It was just enough where you could walk by. And each person had their own station. I mean, it was pretty yeah. small. It was an amazing amount of food you put out of that place. Well, one of the stories I heard was that um, he decided to start doing prime rib because that's something he can make a lot of money of mm-hmm. from out yeah. of a very small kitchen. Yes. Oh, yeah. How good was his prime rib? Oh, melt in your mouth. Why? What did he do different? You know, I don't know what he did different. Um, well, that's not helpful. I know. It really isn't. <laughs> Really, everything he did, it was kind of the, I don't know, I don't know what was the love that was in there, I think mainly, because he did love what he did. He loved yeah. entertaining people, and he loved cooking, and it was just uh, the seasonings, and that's one thing yeah. Dad was not afraid of, well, is seasoning I, I, his I food. want to tell you right now, before I forget, I never met your dad, but the more I've read and the more that I've heard about him, I wish I had. He was He was a character. He loved to entertain people. He loved to be in the spotlight. He was a true storyteller. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I read that one of the things that why he decided to quit doing the restaurant is that people lost their sense of humor. And I'm glad that your dad doesn't have a restaurant open today. Me because too. it's much worse today uh, than it was when he stopped doing it. Well, and I don't know. I, I agree with you in some respects. But it was something about the people that came down there. Um, they... They lost their um, their expectations when they heard Antoine's on the boulevard mm-hmm. and they walked in and it was plastic tablecloths and <laughs> candles with the dri- uh, the wine glasses wine bottles with the dripping candle. 
they're looking around like Antoine's on the boulevard. But then between my mom and my dad and the waitresses even, bus um, uh, people, it was just, fa- it was like being at our house. Yeah. And you couldn't be uppity and you couldn't be picky because dad would yell at you from the kitchen. You know, he, he would. would yell at the waitresses. And, and if a if a customer said something, you know, he would yell back at him and say, just take, you know, just, you know, calm yeah. down. And, and he didn't use those words, but he used other colorful words. And yeah. people just were taken back. And then they just kind of expected it after out of him after a while. Yeah. And they enjoyed it. Yeah. Tell us about how your dad served shrimp. <laughs> I don't remember how it started, but dad started um, um, cooking shrimp and he wanted to do something different, and he went to the toy store, and he found plastic dump trucks and plastic boats, and I don't know if somebody was expecting, you know, fanciness. I think normally that's what Dad did. He did the sarcastic side. So if he heard somebody was looking for fancy, he went the toy route, and so we would he would put dump trucks, which was not a good thing because the window was not level. So if he didn't yeah, put it upright, exactly. the dump truck would roll right off the window and you had to catch it and then clean it up because you couldn't. But he put out these yellow dump trucks or dump trucks and boats and you would put it on the table and the people would look at you like, are you crazy? And I'm like, here's your tongs, you know, you yeah. take care of yourself. Just, and we had these white buckets and just throw, you know, throw your shells there. There was nothing fancy at all. And people were just taken aback, and then they started just to love it. Oh, yeah. And they expected the comedy routine between my mom and my dad and the waitresses and my dad, and it just turned out to be a lot of fun. Oh, that's fine. So what did you do there? Oh, what didn't I do there? Um, I started working at 14. Uh, They didn't have child labor laws back then. You still don't for family. (laughs) Yeah, I know. With family, you work whatever. Uh, But I started at 14. I've done it all. I've done busing tables, waitressing. I even... Uh, unfortunately, got to cook. I worked in the kitchen. Dad uh, cut the top of his finger off one night and had to go to the emergency room. And it was he and I in the kitchen and my mom. And um, he said, you got to take over. I said, I'm not taking over. Uh, He said, no, you have to take over. And it was late. It was like 8 o'clock at night. So we didn't expect. It was a weeknight. And uh, sure enough, people came in after he left. And they ordered chicken fried steak and veal parmesan. And they were in the refrigerator. One was on top, one was at the bottom. (laughs) I could never remember which was which. So I just guessed and put it out there. And I went out afterwards. I'm like, how was your meal? Oh, best feel I've ever had. I'm like, oh, I did a great job. Dad came back. I go, Dad, which one's the veal? I did not get it right. (laughs) They never knew. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. I remember um, when I was, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. My first job, I think I was like 15, was at a place called BJ Supper Club. And back then, you know, no liquor by the drink, so you had to have private clubs. And I worked there as a waiter. And I think about the second week I was there, the cook didn't show up because he was arrested. And, uh, and so the owner says, all right, the cook is in jail and he's not going to get out. I need you to take over the kitchen. And the first meal that somebody ordered was the trout almondine. So I had to figure out how to make that at 15 years old. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we we all do what we got to do. That's right. And stuff like that. So so did you work there also? Yeah, when I met my wife in 87, I found out she worked, her parents owned a restaurant, and one thing led to another. I was looking for a job anyway, and her mom just offered me a job out of the blue, and 
from there. I worked there until I retired in 92. So so what did you start off doing there at the restaurant? I was more of a manager, you know, kind of ish. And then pretty much did everything, <laughs> yeah. you know, bus tables, you know. So it gave mom a way to uh, check up and, and find yeah, out what, what you and, really like. And they were changing help, I guess, at the time. And, yeah. You know, and then just I loved it. I mean, I probably would have still kept doing it if yeah. she would have done it with me. But yeah. But it yeah. turned out okay. No, no I mean, nothing. it's a hard thing. You have to have a good team to do something yeah. like that. You do. And it takes a lot of family time away. Yeah. And that's something that I wasn't willing to yeah. give up with my family just growing up. And even though it was wonderful, it, you know, it, it's hard on the family when yeah. you're in a restaurant. So when your dad decided to walk away, what, what did he do with his time? Um, golf. Okay. Golf. That's it. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> really? Golf. That's um, He was an avid golfer. And mm, he and mom, both mom also golfed. And they took a lot of trips uh, to Florida. My mom is from Boston. Okay. And so they would get with her brothers back in Boston and did nothing but golf. And mom um, put parties on. They would, they they donated. Um, our whole family went to St. Pius the Tenth High School, and they had an auction. And mom would always do a um, dinner a ten. dinner for ten. And so they brought back Antoine's a couple of different times, but in their home, and it was a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And then he played the saxophone. He oh, was, yeah. Oh, how did I, I was going to say, that? how did you forget that? He, also, I, I thought I heard that he oh uh, was God, in a band, no. and he now he did a lot of that afterwards. He was in several bands, and that, if he wasn't playing the saxophone, he was, was golfing. golfing. I forgot. Two, okay. keep busy. He made a CD with his uh, Mike. Uh, Ning. No, it wasn't Mike Ning. Uh, no. I can't think of Mike's last night, but they did make a CD. He was a trumpet player. And well, I don't think saxophone. it's possible to play the saxophone without being a character. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. He loved it. I can remember uh, just a few years before he passed, I was at a friend's house for Easter, and they had young children. They were oh, four or five. Right, yeah. And uh, even though he wasn't very healthy, he climbed the stairs to their second floor, and he played the saxophone for these little kids, and they were just amazed. They just they kept going more and more, and he would play, you know, Twinkle Twinkle and the ABCs. And to this day, those kids are... Um, in high school, they still remember that day yeah. where Mr. Tony played the saxophone for them. It was very cool. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. interesting. All right, so um, let's hold on a second. So, um, um, Rocco, let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. So the listeners out there, we're going to open the phone lines and the text line. The phone number is 913-586-7798. Now, we only, EJ is take it easy on her. It's her birthday today, and she's got like... <laughs> Seven phone lines, so if you call in, just be patient. It'll take a little bit of time for them to get around to answering the, the call. But then, um, so if you have questions for anybody, um, uh, the guests about Tony's or Antoine's on the Boulevard, if you have an interesting story or if you have something embarrassing you want to share about either one of them, I'm, I'm open, <laughs> open to that as well. Or if you have a, some other restaurant that you missed from this time frame that you want us to, to, to dig into, you know, Toby, it's interesting that I'm finding music as a common thread over here. You know, so it's we had Ian last week that was a singer and a drummer. He had some mm-hmm. great food stories. <laughs> sax player. Tony was a, a saxophone player. Oh. Huh. I've got a guest coming on in a few weeks that's a world-renowned flautist. What's that? Played, that? I, can't tell, I can't say who that is yet. Oh. But it's somebody that you've heard of. But um, that was uh, famous for playing the flute. But, you know, I guess food and music, you know, are their arts and... The things right. that they're, they're that. So, can you think of another story or think of something that um, was the most one of the more unusual things that happened at the restaurant? 
one thing that I always laugh about was um, it was a reservations only for quite a while there, and uh, someone had called in and wanted a um, table of six, and Mom said, you know, I, I can't do it. And they're like, please, we got to get in and just begging her. Wait a minute. So, so you operated a restaurant, bar, tavern, restaurant that was, you kind of considered a dive. Exactly. But you only did reservations for this dive at night. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> and, but, um, go ahead. But somewhere, I think in the '80s, some well, when I got there in '87, it, it was one single room, and then he bought the building next to him, and he expanded. He had a the bar moved to the middle level or the middle section and then he had a private room in the back so yeah it grew quite a bit it tripled in size yeah and so they called in and mom said you know i'm really sorry i'd love to get you in i just don't have enough chairs and they said well if we bring our own can we come in (laughs) and she goes sure you're not thinking they would do it and sure enough they showed up with four chairs and they got seated (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> she made room. No, in retail, you have to be careful when you tell somebody no that the reason that you give them. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, that's that's a perfect example of that. Oh yeah. Yeah, we also had several people come in that um, were very famous. Dolly Parton was in. Okay, I was getting I was getting ready to ask oh. if you remember anybody famous. Dolly Parton, really? Dolly Parton yeah. was in, and my dad loved her, <laughs> and she was just from what I hear, I wasn't there. Um, she was very very sweet and had a great time. Uh, Jack Steadman came in quite a bit. Okay. Um, uh, Tom Watson. Um, sure. My mom and dad would kind of follow him, and they became friends. They would meet up at his different tournaments, and okay. but he came in quite a bit. Um, trying to think was oh, oh the yeah. midgets. One of the midgets from the Wizard of Oz. Oh really? Was in. They, uh, they came in. Um, I had to ask my sister and brother in law to remind me of <laughs> some of the people because. Whenever the Big 12 is in town, okay. they always like um, Norm Stewart, you yeah. know, the guys. You know, I mean, they'd always make sure they came yeah. down there. And then the WWF back in the day, the wrestlers yeah. would yeah. come down. And Well, uh, real quick, uh, before we go to the calls, Toby's getting ready to give me that look. Uh, so on Dolly Parton, how did she happen to come into your place? You know, I don't remember. I just know that when people would come in and they would stay at some of the hotels around uh-huh. the area... You know, they would ask, where should we go? What's a good... People are always looking for a good local place. Uh, the Kansas City Star was great with my dad because they'd put him in the newspaper several times. He was on uh, Channel 9 mm-hmm. News a couple okay. of times. And so it was just word of mouth because we didn't... He didn't do any advertisement no, right. at all. It was back okay. before the internet, too. Yeah. So, I mean. All right. Okay, Toby, who do we have on the line? Well, we're going to talk with Diane. Diane, good morning. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Uh, yes, and I, I want to tell you about Tony's on the Boulevard when uh, my family and some friends used to go in pretty regularly for their dump truck shrimp. <laughs> yeah. And and Tony would come around, and uh, my dad always said that was a sign of a good owner. If he came around to check on his clientele to see how happy they were. And my son was, oh, I don't know, maybe 14 years old then. And he said, Tony said, well, son, how are you doing? And he said, Tony, my dad, my grandpa butchers beef, and I have never tasted a better steak than <laughs> this one. And he was about finished with his steak. 
and Tony brought him a second steak. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he remembered that every forever. bite of it. Yeah, at that age. <laughs> and so you can't talk about Tony's on the boulevard, Antoine's on the boulevard, without hearing that story. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Well, Diane, thank you very much for sharing that story. Sure. I, I, I think we could almost picture that whole scene uh, yeah. playing out on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, th- okay. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. We have Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Good morning. I was going to say a memory that I had of going down there while I was in college. And we went down there. We had the uh, tr- dump truck full of shrimp as well. But the <laughs> thing I remember was that we... Uh, it was election day, and they could not serve us beer until the polling places closed. So we, they had all of our orders. They knew what we wanted to drink. And then at like, you know, uh, 705 or whatever, all of the beers came flowing out. And everybody's <laughs> table got all these beers delivered to them. But we had to wait till the polls closed to, to have some uh, beverages to, to wash down our, our shrimp from a dump truck that was poured out on the table. So, wow. It was quite a lovely place, let me tell you. So, yeah. Well, that's hilarious. Well, (laughs) thank you, Jeff. Boy, far far different times back then, wasn't it? Uh, No alcohol during elections. Now they serve alcohol at 8 o'clock in the morning. That's funny. So true. All hours of the day. We're going to talk with Amber. Good morning, Amber. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Hey, good morning. I wanted to um, relay, I have many memories of Antoine's on the Boulevard or Tony's Tavern. Um, I was a Middle Eastern belly dancer, and... I got sent down there for Tony's birthday one year. Oh, and then then they sent me like another two or three times to the restaurant. And then one more time before he passed away um, for his birthday after, um, you know, after he had, he had closed the restaurant. But it was my favorite place in the city. And I can't drive down the boulevard today and not feel nostalgic that it's not there anymore. Amber, I And mean- it was... I remember you, Amber, um, from coming down to the restaurant for my dad. I remember that. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, that is oh hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I, I just worshipped the ground he walked on. Oh. He was amazing. And and I remember the watermelon, the oh. watermelon boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. With, you, with, you know, however, you know, two or three straws or however many people you had at your table. And, you know, it was just it was amazing. I never had a steak there because I was I was so in love with the shrimp that I, you know, got the dump truck full of shrimp every time. Oh. Well, Amber, and did the watermelon you drink, boat. Did you drink a watermelon boat all by yourself? <laughs> no. No, you had to have, you know, two or three or four people to help <laughs> yeah. one of those boats. What was the watermelon boat? The watermelon boat was um it was an emptied wa- half of a watermelon. And it had all the white liquors and I think some wine. I don't know. They just dumped, put in some fruits, like some watermelon and cantaloupe strawberries, and stuck it on the table with longer straws. And you all just kind of... Where did that start? mm -hmm. Well, I think it came from the idea... uh, no, the chicken place, um, Strouds. Strouds, Strouds okay. had right. the chicken, and the, it was a ceramic chicken, and they did straws. I think that's where they got the idea, idea from. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then it went to the point where Dad wasn't satisfied with just long straws. He went and got 
clear tubing from the hardware store <laughs> so it could reach farther because somebody complained about it not being close enough to him. Yeah. So that's how we answer that. But, yeah, that that's a, a long time ago because you couldn't pull that off today. Interesting. But it was fun. Oh, yeah, no, no. But it, it, was, it was fabulous. And you and your family, your parents made me feel like I was part of your clan. And I... I so regret that I lost touch with all of you. Well, thank you very much. Well, Amber, I have to tell you, you just made their day. Yeah. Both of them have the biggest grins on their face. <laughs> as soon as you said who oh, you were, he, yeah. I could tell I'm they remembered you. blonde, blue-eyed, you know, little belly dancer. <laughs> and um, it was it was a highlight. Uh, you know, oh, my gosh. Nothing could compare as a performer well, that's anywhere what... else in this city. <laughs> well, thank you, Amber. I love that story. That, that was a good one. All right. Well, thank you all for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Sure made me thirsty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're well, going to talk with Susan. All right. Good morning, Susan. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good. Do you have a good memory for us? I do. I celebrated my 21st birthday there. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what, 20, what, did you, what did you have? We had the shrimp and <laughs> the boats and the trucks, and we had the watermelon. And I had about, gosh, I'm thinking I had like six to ten friends, if I remember. Um, and we went down there and had a great time. Um, my husband, uh, Randy, is good friends with Kathy and her husband, Jeff, went to school with them. Oh. So that's kind of how we went down there. And I just really had a great time celebrating my 21st birthday down there. So I just wanted to in that memory and we miss that place because we talk about it now and i'll be 65 in august so oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. well congratulations and that, and that's why thank you for sharing that memory on your 21st birthday All okay right. thank you All have right. a good day so, so tell me about this shrimp i mean I've, I've heard i mean almost everybody who calls in talks about the shrimp yeah you know, over the last couple months well talk about dad ordered because on order. the weekends He'd order probably five, six hundred pounds of it. It comes in fifty pound boxes. Yeah. And I'm just amazed how much shrimp he went through over a weekend. You know, and it was the jumbo shrimp. It wasn't little baby ones, you know. How big a truck bed? How big a truck? The truck shrimp, the yeah. toy truck, the toy, oh, the toy truck. Toy truck. It was just your typical little kid's truck, you know, yeah. that you would take through the sand. Hardly or... any shrimp in it, then. Oh no, he piled but it. It was up. all you oh, could okay. eat. Yeah, it was all you can eat. Yeah. Okay. And what was it? Pull up the menu. Yeah, I mean, we, we have all a... you can eat. All you can eat for. Did hang you on eat a the truck too, or what? no? You could not eat the truck. Oh. Couldn't eat. Okay. Because <laughs> here, there's okay. the menu. The menu back then, ten dollars. All you can eat boiled shrimp. And this I, was I in the early nineties. Yeah. So ten dollars. Huh. Tell them how much the steak was. Yeah, boiled sirloin steak, nine dollars. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, and you it was not a like small back. steak. Yeah, Those no. were the good old days. Those were the good old days. Yeah. You can actually eat for under twenty bucks if you yeah. didn't drink. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because there was only a handful of items. What the watermelon boat cost? Nothing. Nothing. That it was really? free. That was complimentary. Yeah. Oh, like hell. Yeah. And also one thing too, Tony always did because I was the one that did it every every day. I went up to the a flower place up on Maine and got every woman got a flower. Every lady that came into the restaurant got a rose on the way out. And, and, a, and every gentleman got a, a ring pop. pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can remember when dad started Those little that. little candy things? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can remember when dad started that. Um, people were coming in and, and dad liked to show off quite a bit. 
And he went up to the flower store up off of Maine, I believe it was, and he would get the rejects. Right. The cheaper ones. Okay. <laughs> Some of them were brown, you know, it kind of depended. And he pulled those out and every woman walked out of there with a rose. And then my mom's like, well, the men have to get something. And that's where they came up the ring pops. And that was a big thing. Do you know thing. what they're talking about, Toby? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't think so. So the, for Halloween for kids, it's a little plastic ring that has a big jewel on top that's like it's a, a rock candy. It's like okay. a diamond. Yeah. It's called ring pops. Yeah. Okay. That's what the guys got. And so, and they loved it, you know, and the women were, and he would get different colors. And so it was just whatever he could get. So the women the got leftover. dead flowers, half well, they dead didn't flowers. Get, they didn't. He threw those out. Okay. We, we made him throw those out. <laughs> he tried to give one to some lady and she got mad at him. So he probably because she two. deserved it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because um, she complained a lot, I think. And that's how he got back at her and, and turned her around. You know, he would play jokes on people that were like complaining and then they'd love him by the time, he, you know, they left. He was exactly. just that kind of person. I, I would have had a lot of fun with your dad. Oh, you oh. would have. He just, he walked through that kitchen, very small kitchen, with a cigar in his mouth every night. It was not lit. Never, yeah. He just chewed the heck out of that thing as he cooked. And people would look in and, you know, the first time we're just like, he's got a cigar back there and he's cooking our meal. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry. You know, he would yell something yeah. at him through the kitchen or he'd yell at the waitresses. The waitresses would yell back at him and everybody's laughing. And I'm thinking, this is probably called, you know, harassment of some kind back then. It didn't exist. <laughs> we just had a good time with each other. But And then for dad's funeral, one of the things we did was every woman got a rose, and it was okay. his last rose to his his friends. So it was when, kind of how, cool. when was that? That Two, you did two thousand sixteen. Two thousand sixteen. Okay, you got to see the Royals win the World Series. Yeah. That's oh. the main thing. Oh, really? I'm, that no, mean a lot to him. He was a big Royals and Chiefs fan. Big. Mm. Um, he would. I can remember the times that Lamar Hunt would invite him and my mom up to his suite. Okay, he was another big fan of, yeah. of my dad's. So that was very cool. So how did Lamar, how did he get to know Lamar then? Uh, through Jack Steadman. And okay. uh, dad would take um, food up to uh, the chiefs, uh, up to the offices. Okay. Um, I think one time it was catered, but then after that he would just, for the heck of it, go yeah. up. Yeah. And just surprise and him. Just surprise him with did you guys foods. know um, uh, Jim Eddy? No. no. The Eddy family? Okay. I did. But um, I remember taking food up to Channel 9 up when they were downtown, uh -huh. you know, and then Lamar would always come in, and I remember Tony always saying he liked. Lamar would just come in with Norma, and and Clark would be there when he was little, and nobody really bothered him. You know, that's one reason yeah. why he liked it. I mean, you would I wouldn't have even known who he was yeah. unless someone pointed him out to me. But yeah, he just loved. Well, our if restaurant. Lamar were still around, I have no doubt he'd be on my show. I'd met him a couple of times. Mm -hmm. He yeah. absolutely loved Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean yeah. a well-grounded human being, he was. just fantastic. All right, Toby. Lori, good morning. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Good morning. I had to pull over and call you all. This is bringing back a blast from the past. Yeah. Um, we used to go to Anthony's. Um, oh, my gosh. We were newly married. We went with another couple all the time, like every, at least once a month, and just had a ball, and we would always start there. And we usually ended up down at Baby Doe's to dance. Oh, wow. Remember Baby Doe's? <laughs> that was Doe's, back in but, the day. Uh-huh. But I had to call because I just love the place. And we were just talking about this, oh, probably a month ago. And it was just it was just so much fun. And the food was amazing. And I always got the shrimp. Mm -hmm. I remember the watermelon boat especially. And wasn't there a prime rib? Yep. 
Okay. Yes. Well, one evening particularly sticks out is we were leaving. And I do believe it was during the playoffs as well that year. But anyway, I, we walk out the front door and there is a traffic jam and this limousine's in front of us. I mean, like right there. And it was Elton John. I'll be darned. Heading to Kemper for his concert. And the window was down and we were just gobsmacked. And he tilted his head and tipped his hat. And we just thought we were larger than life. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that made our day. But yes, Anthony's was an amazing restaurant. And it just, you know, it just brought, it brings back simpler times, more fun. True. You know, we just don't have a restaurant like that anymore. No. You know, well, there's it's like bits the and pieces. Gardens and, yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's, it, you bring up an interesting point because I've, I've talked to several people that own restaurants or want to own a restaurant. And they talk about listening to the show and they, they want it, they try to pick lessons out of this, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, because I'm, everything that you're talking about, I mean, you're not going to get, you know, prime rib or, you know, all you can eat shrimp for 10 bucks. No. But I mean, that's not really what we treasure was the, the the cheap prices. It was the whole experience we that that we have at restaurants like like Antoine's. You know, the, was well, it's the family. memories. Yeah, it's the memories, and it's the memories of the families that own them and the pride they yeah. took in Ab- them. Absolutely, and yeah. um, that just you know, I I know we still have some out there, but nothing like we did. And yeah. I I just love the show. I try to find. Time my errands on a Saturday so I can be out running around and listening to you. Well, guys. I appreciate it. You know, Lori, um, uh, be patient. I think there's a lot more places out there that do a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. I think us, uh-huh. us as consumers, uh, part of the problem is us. You know, that we obsess over the price of a restaurant or, or the things mm-hmm. the things that we complain about restaurants, nobody calling in or sharing memories even mentions that as a priority. Yeah. I think maybe in a week or so, best regards, will start serving stuff on yeah. dump trucks. You might try it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll try anything once. Yeah. You, you, you know, can but, do your gazpacho in a, in a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might have to do that. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll go to Westlake and get one of those rubber hoses <laughs> so right. they, they can drink the uh, gazpacho out of that. Well, Lori, thank well, you for I, calling and sharing that. You bet. And love, love, love the show. Uh, and uh, you all have a great weekend. Well, thank you. Thank you made everybody's day with that yeah. one. Okay. We're okay. Talk. And Dave, good morning. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Uh, good morning, Toby and, uh, and whomever. Anyway, uh, a memory. We were early aficionados of Antoine's and would go there for lunch, only fairly late, at 1, 1, 1 30, something like that. And um, I was there one afternoon when the uh, TV, I mean, the uh, newspaper guy who wrote the articles about Antoine's was in there. And one of the interesting things was that we were there at the transition when they would take the, uh, the, um, the jack and jack up the pool table and move it to the back so that they can make room for the tables to be spread out. And uh, we were in there any number of times having lunch when uh, Virginia... Tony's wife would ask us to move, and so we'd have to move from one table to another while she sat up, and we'd get all the way to the back. And uh, anyway, it was uh, quite interesting, and, and we, we thoroughly enjoyed not only lunch, 
but dinner, particularly on the weekends when we'd come down with a bunch of people and have the shrimp and uh, and the watermelon and all the other stuff. But anyway, uh, a great place, and uh, the DiPinato family, I think, was uh, is one that we'll always remember, and uh, particularly Tony Planty's saxophone. You know, it was yes. the smallest kitchen. I couldn't believe how much food could come out of that place. It was amazing. It was just so small. You could barely turn around in there. <laughs> but uh, great food, great enjoyment, and we thank you guys very much for for today's show, okay? Well, that's wonderful, yeah. Dave. That was very kind of you. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, so so this is a common theme. Somebody calls in saying, you know, that talk about the good old days. It'll mm-hmm. never be like that again, and I don't believe that. You know, well, I don't either, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately, we found a restaurant much like my dad's up by where we live, up in Clay Como. Okay. And it, it's a it's a very small place. It's it, it was called El Sombrero. It was owned by by the Barrera family, and the one of the last sons, Larry, was running it, and it was it reminded me so much of my dad's because the decor was very eclectic like my dad's and you walked in and you were home between Larry and his waitresses um, and his husband. They, you didn't feel out of place. You didn't think about the money you were spending. Mm -hmm. You just enjoyed it. Larry would come out and sit down and talk with us for, you know, as long as we were there and he'd yell at people across the room. And so it was so nice to go there. And I felt like, I'm at my family. dad's. You yeah. know, I felt family. So I Are did they find still it. there? Unfortunately, no. There were some health issues, and they had to close yeah. the restaurant, yeah. um, which broke my heart. But he just closed May 5th, and yeah, for a week, there was a line almost around, around the, the building, building to get in to say goodbye. Yeah. Right. And it was it was so much like I'm, my dad's. I remember reading about that. Yeah. yeah. It was a no, great place. After, after the show, let's sit down and talk and okay. left a... Talk to see if maybe we can get them involved yeah. and, and share some stories. I do have a, a very funny story I have to talk about okay. our employees. Our employees were very unique individuals. And Dad Dad didn't know okay. a stranger. We're not surprised at that, are we, <laughs> <Yeah>. Toby? <laughs> no. He, no. He believed in he second believed, chances. You know, he, he just he hired whoever wanted to work. Yeah. He didn't care. This whole idea about diversity. I mean, our restaurant employees were so diverse it was hysterical um but one night um dad was home they had left the restaurant and the police had called and said someone had broken into the restaurant so dad gets up puts his clothes on they drive down there and sure enough somebody had broken the lock on the front door and had gone in and they're looking around and they don't see no liquor is missing uh, Dad never left money in the cash register. That wasn't an issue. And they were baffled as to what did they take. So Dad went looking in the kitchen. No food was gone. Nothing was gone except for cool cigarettes. That's right. Cigarettes. Out of the cigarette that. machine. Remember cigarette machines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The cools were gone. And my dad goes, I know who did it. He immediately knew. And they looked at him and said, how do you know? He goes, I know. He goes, come on. So in the back, Dad had built on a trailer in the back for, like, the Storage. freezer, the, the deep freezer and things like that, and my dad and the dishwasher. And so my dad walked them back there, and they looked, and they didn't see anybody. And all of a sudden, my dad pointed down at the deep freezer. And so the police picked up the lid just a little bit and put their gun in there, and all of a sudden, our dishwasher popped out. <laughs> <In> his hands. <laughs> don't shoot, don't shoot. <laughs> He was the one that broke in, and Dad knew it was him because that's all he smoked. 
And we're like, uh, that's not the smartest thing, but okay. So it was just one of the great <laughs> stories. Um, we had some great employees yeah. that just became friends and family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a good dishwasher is hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he knew, exactly knew. He knew exactly yeah. who it was. And you didn't. he didn't fire him either, did he? Um, for I that think one. he went to jail. Okay. So he hired two gentlemen from Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. Who were immigrants here yeah. to Kansas City, and they worked. Uh, re- no, that what was his name? Uh, I can't think of his name. Festus? But je- no, yeah, it was Festus. Yeah. Festus. Yes. And he worked so hard for my dad, and my dad worked very hard for him. And good. And he was good to the people. Um, I can remember mom one night was at the register. It was a Saturday night, and. Uh, the waitress came up to her and said, the ladies at the table behind you are putting shrimp in their purse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they keep ordering shrimp, and they'd put it in their purse, and they'd eat some. And, and she goes, what do you want me to do? And Mom's like, I'll take care of it. So the ladies came up to the desk to pay, and Mom handed them their bill. And they looked at the bill, and they said, well, what what is this charge? She goes, that's for the shrimp in your purse. <laughs> and they go, <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't argue with Miss Virginia. Yeah, you didn't argue with Virginia. (laughs) Oh, oh, your mom was a character, too. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, everybody talks about your dad being a character. Oh, they both were. Mom, uh, and mom was known for her hospitality, um, her Irish temper. (laughs) Um, But she was a sweetheart, too. She just wanted people to enjoy themselves. She was a true entertainer in the in the homemaking kind of area, yeah. the decorations. I mean, it took hours to put up decorations for the holidays just because Virginia had to have it just right. Sure. Yeah. Because after, <laughs> I'm sorry, after lunch, we never closed. I mean, we were always open, but the lunch crowd would be from 11 to 2 or whatever it might have been. But if it, when the crowd slowed down, that's when we would transition the back part of the restaurant, what, five, five or six tables. Yeah. And we'd set up long tables so there was parties of 10 or yeah. whatever it was. But So where'd you move the pool table to? Well, at this point, by the 80s, the pool table was gone. Okay. Exactly. And so they would bring out long tables to add on to the booth. Okay. So you're sitting like 12 people at a booth with a long table. Yeah, yeah if you well, can you know, picture I, it. I was wondering, you're talking about the real small kitchen, which is not unusual in a mm-hmm. lot of restaurants. Where, how, would you, how could you handle 500 pounds of shrimp? I mean, well, where'd you, where'd you, well, there you had was, the cooler outside? The section, it was sections off. The The deep freeze was in, like I said, the trailer at the back of the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, but in the kitchen itself, the very end was a sink and his sto- his um, range. And that and he had, uh, he had uh, pots, like huge, just full of shrimp and all the spices that he put in there. And then the griddle was next to that right. for the steaks. And then the deep fryer. And then fryer. the deep fryer. Uh-huh. So... When I worked in the kitchen, I was in charge of the salads and the deep fryer, and you never went any further than that. And then uh, Paul, who was a wonderful cook that worked with my dad, he was in charge of the grill, and he didn't go any farther. And then dad had the prime rib in the, in the oven and the shrimp. So you had your sections, and you did not cross over. If they needed something, they'd holler down, and I would get it out of the refrigerator and pass it down. Um, so it was very organized and if you ran into him, he yelled at you, and you didn't want to be yelled at, so you See, stayed away. I need to bring you in to talk to some of my people. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got a lot more. I've got probably eight to ten, ten times more space than that. They complained about being crowded. You know, and oh. Did you have air conditioning in your kitchen? Uh, no. 
ish. Ish. Oh, I mean, yeah. As much air conditioning as you could. Well, oh. the, the air conditioning was for the whole restaurant. Yeah. So it wasn't separate oh, from yeah. the kitchen. So there was really none. Oh, they no. sweated. To no, death. if the temperature hits 72 degrees, I get complaints. Yeah. Right. Because he, <laughs> he had a big, not a pot, but it was a huge pan. He would boil the shrimp and he would put it in, yeah. dump it into the uh, trash barrel, you know. Yeah. And then he scoop it out with us, you know. Oh, I forgot well, if about you're the trash do, If you're can. doing all you can eat on yeah, shrimp. He, scoop, he scooped yeah, it he out. Yeah, he had the big yellow trash cans and he put a liner in there yeah. and that's where he would dump the cooked Cook. fish or shrimp, excuse me. And then he'd pull it out of there and put it out and he would just, he'd go from the pot to the oh, trash yeah. can. <laughs> yeah. People knew they were in the trash can. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so did you serve prime rib every day? Mm-hmm. Yes. Really? The so, menu is the same every day. I mean, why would anybody get anything besides the shrimp or the... But he had a lunch menu, too. And one thing I remember that I, I thought was amazing, he, he'd get a steak and he'd get a, get it on the slicer and he'd slice it real thin. And it was called a Tony's um, Special. And it was... It was garlic bread on the bottom and then this thin steak and then mozzarella cheese and then cooked onions on top of that. It well, that was sounds good. amazing. And it was... Well, that was the most expensive thing at lunch. I think it was five fifty. Yeah, yeah. Back then, but he had great help in the daytime. He had two women that were with him forever: Juanita, uh, Juanita Taylor and, Katie. and um, Katie. I don't remember. I don't remember last Katie's name, last name. But they were there from when my grandfather was there. Wow! And stayed uh, not not too shortly after or before mom and dad retired. They and when did you say time. your grandfather opened this place? Nineteen forty. Forty. Wow! I had yeah. no idea. What are you waving a finger at me for, Tony? Well, we're going to talk with Jan. Good morning, Jan. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Hi. I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk to you this morning. I was got, went out to breakfast with my grandkids this morning for Mother's Day, and I was driving home and listening to this wonderful station and this wonderful story to hear my great friend. And I have such wonderful memory of, of going to that restaurant and um, with my college friend, Kathy, and uh, yep. wonderful memories of being at, at there and eating the shrimp and having uh, uh, drinks there. And my friend, Mary Lee, that went there with us. And, and can't, I can't even begin to tell you all those great memories we had with your family and friends and all the people who have said that they felt like they were a part of the family. We certainly felt that way also. Thank you. Do you do you know who I am, Kathy? No, this is Nettie. This is her sister, younger okay. sister. Okay. And I'm trying to well, think. I know. I remember Mary. I know Mary Lee. I'm trying to think of Jan. What was your maiden name? Okay, West. West. Jan West. Okay, yeah, I do yes. remember. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I um, we were great friends, all of us. We went to school together, and we had uh, just great memories. And your parents, and we all spent lots of time together, and it was just an awesome time for us. And such a wonderful restaurant. And it comes up in our conversation many, many times. It was a restaurant that will always be remembered and time spent there. And there just aren't places like that. So it was just a a fabulous place. And you had great parents and your wonderful family. So I just wanted to be able to contribute to that. Well, Jan, thank thank you. you for calling in and sharing that with us. Yes, that, thank you. That, that's really neat. The My whole family, we all worked there. Um, Kathy and Jeff, Kathy's my sister, and Kathy and Jeff Barron, 
Uh, Jeff was a manager for a very long time, worked very closely with mom and dad, um, spent a lot of family holidays down there, birthdays and things like that. But Jeff worked with my dad very closely um, before Tim did. Um, my sister was always waited tables um, on Friday and Saturday nights. My brother, who lives in Columbia, also did a stint in the mm-hmm. restaurant business. Once he went to college, he really kind of never came back. Yeah. So his stint was a little shorter than the rest of ours. But, yeah, it was a full family effort. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, she said something that, that really bugs me, um, you know, where she said, you know, it's, there just aren't any places like that anymore. And when we first started doing the show, we talked about the good old days. But what can we as consumers do to help places become like that? Because a restaurant isn't born like that, and they can't stay in business unless we support them. Well, I think, well, I, I work for Roma Bakery. I deliver bread oh, to sure. restaurants all over the city. And a lot of times I think absentee owners is my opinion because a lot oh, of times no, I, you don't, you don't totally. see you don't see a lot of owners around and a lot of times the help really doesn't have any direction well you know but, the restaurants that have the absentee owners or chains like that i mean they're never going to be this and i don't care about those mm-hmm. you know but for the restaurants that have local owners and they're involved mm-hmm. i mean i i think that's the common thread toby and i we've talked about this you know the restaurants that we love today are the ones that have active owners. Yeah, true. But you know, but us as consumers, what can we do? Little things. I think. Besides going there and supporting them. I think one of the things is, yes, support them, but then also get to know them. You know, your waitresses are people. Your waiters are people. Yeah. Talk to them. Um, I have a friend that I go out with quite often, and the first thing she says to the waiter or waitress says, "What's your name?" And then every time that waitress comes along, she calls her by name. And I thought to myself, that's how you build connections. Mm-hmm. And I think as consumers, we But it go goes to, both ways. Exactly. Absolutely. We go, and when we go off and get to know the people, and then waitresses and waiters, don't look at them as a tip. Mm-hmm. Look at them as people in your home. And that yeah. was mom's big thing. Family. Treat your customers like they're in your house. And then as customers... Treat the waiters and waitresses like you're in their home and be kind. Absolutely. And I th- and then word of mouth. The uh, the best advertisement is what we've heard today. Yeah. And that's how mom and dad did it. But I think as consumers, we've got to be patient. The restaurant business is hard. It's hard on the owners. It's hard on who works there. And we go in and want to be waited on. And that's fine. That's what you want in a restaurant, but not waited on hand and foot. You've right. got to understand these are people. They make mistakes. You know, I know many times we'll go to eat and the steak will come out too rare or too well done. Mm-hmm. It's not the waiters or waitresses' fault. Right. And you can't take it out on them. It's not their and fault. So if you're kind to the people waiting on you and to the owners and you carry conversations and you get to know them, I think that's it. But I think with the owners, if you're not present in your restaurant, yeah. if you're not coming out and not the proverbial, hi, how's everything going and keep walking, yeah. have conversations with your customers, get to know them. Then you'll know what they want. And that keeps them yeah. coming back. Well, I'm to the point now that I don't waste my money at restaurants with absentee owners or right. regional chains or things like that. Because right. the more I, I, I was like that before, but after doing the show, I have a better appreciation for the people that are going through the struggle and really they're putting their heart and soul into it, like your dad did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know there's one up in Parkfield called Dominic's. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my former students um, owned it, and we would go in, and it's great Italian food, um, fast food kind of. It's a sit-down. But 
they're always out talking. The waitresses are. are talking to the customers. It's just a really friendly place from the minute you walk in the door. Is, um, is there a place up there called Captain's Corner? Um, I don't know. Where's you that would know. I don't I don't think okay. All right. I'm thinking so. something else. All right. Well, you know, while we're on the topic, I want to say something real quick as a public service announcement for people. This is Mother's Day weekend. So for those of you people out there listening that are planning on going to a restaurant tomorrow, absolutely please show some grace and have a little patience. It is the worst weekend of the year for any restaurant out there. I mean, Toby, we heard stories from David Van Noy. Talk about that was the craziest day of the year for them at RC's. You know, it's just um, the people that are there working chose to come in and didn't get out of working. For people owning restaurants, you have employees that have their their quality of life that they're trying to get, so they just don't work when they don't want to work. Yeah. But you have if you have a locally owned restaurant where the, the owner's involved in the business, this is the toughest weekend of the year for them. Well, and also remember that waitress may be a mother and not with oh, her ab- kids yeah. on that day. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and as a family restaurant, you're doing that instead of celebrating your mother. Yep. And so I, w- I would agree. Um, just show some grace yeah. and appreciate what they're doing yeah. for you. You know, and j- just do that. And I think it'll come back to you, you know, times 10, mm-hmm. you know, once you get past these weekends. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you, if you're going out with your, with your, taking your mom or your grandma out to dinner, I'd do a potluck at home and then take them out to dinner during the week or next weekend, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it, it's going to be tough. I mean that because I mean, there's, we've got probably 30% fewer restaurants today than we had four years ago. Yeah. And the restaurants that are, are here are short staffed. Their expenses are probably up probably 80, 90% over what it was, you know, so we just, just got to be patient with them. Yeah. All right. So real quick um, for you two, before we wrap up the show, is there anything you want to say to your fans or old customers I guess for me, it's just um, for the people that called in and the people who are listening that can remember the restaurant, you know, thank you for being a part of our family. Um, we all grew up there. Our, some of our children grew up there. My nephew, Carl, remembers when Sid Vicious came in and he got his autograph. Um, but thank you for the memories and, and thank you for when both mom and dad passed. So many customers uh, sent messages or came and um, you truly were a part of our family, and, and thank you so much for remembering mom and dad and, and what they did for the city. I think your dad would be pleased with hearing this show today, don't oh. you? Totally agree. I mean, He'd have is... a lot of things to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, just, I mean it, it, it just proves that he did things the right way. Exactly. And he was who he was. Exactly. And he Both loved of Kansas them. City. You know, yeah. I, I wish I had met him and got to know him. Yeah, you definitely would have liked him. <laughs> well, good. What do you think, Toby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I agree. That, that's the shortest answer I've ever heard out of Toby. You know, but it's, we, you know, for the listeners out there, these are the kind of guests and stories I want to hear on the show. So if you know another restaurant or something like that that's, that's no longer here, uh, get, shoot me an email. My personal email is robert at makethemsmile.com. Send me the information about the people, the restaurant, the stories. I, I, I'll bring them on the show. And so we can all share this, relive the old good old days, and uh, see if we can recreate it today. Yep. Great show today. Yeah. That was that was fun, Toby. Enjoyed it very much. All Thank right. You. Thank was. you and bye. 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 <laughs> this concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memory.